0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk, with your host C.J. Reynolds.
1: That abruptly, we are in. We are back with bloodshot eyes, because um, that's how it's, it's been break, man. Hell yeah! That was a weird noise what's up everybody welcome back this is sunday night teacher talk the first sunday night teacher talk of the 2022 year um which is pretty exciting so we've been doing this for five seasons now um and seasons are just like years they start over in july for us and um so the idea hatched to do this from like we are what can we do? What can we put out into the world? Actually, I want to change my microphone real quick. Um, what can we do? What can we put out into the world that is going to be beneficial to teachers um, and help them to be better when they go into school Monday? Like, What, what could we practically do? I hope my sound is working now. Mm-hmm. Jake will be more happy with me if this is set up like this. So we started doing this and it's been it's been a blast i love doing it every week um and that's that so i'm gonna stop yammering on about nothing all you need to know this is your first time here is that what we're trying to do here is help you to be the educator that you were called to be the educator that you dreamed of being and that especially in these last couple years is particularly difficult so we're trying to figure out ways together to do that because we all believe here that uh Teaching is a communal activity. That there are people in the in the comment section here. That I think people in the comment section just show up because they want to be in the comment section. It's not even because of me, and that's fine. Because this isn't the Reynolds show, really. It is a a time and space for us to meet together, to help one another, to grow, um, and have a great year. So, with that being said, um, there is I'm doing a little something coming up. I'm going to put it in the comments now. Um, Oh, and Oddly enough there's uh my my partner there noel um noel and i are leading uh I'm sorry you know how i am with multitasking i can do like one literally one thing at a time um we're doing a workshop on i can even throw this john up here on uh saturday january 22nd which is coming up at 11am on the prioritized on prioritizing the you in us. And so what that means is that, look, we thought we were going to do this earlier in the year, but we really thought in in talking about this, that creating a workshop that's completely free, right? HMH is putting this on, that creating a workshop that is at the right time of the year is so crucial. And around January 22nd, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to mess anybody up here. I'm not trying to mess anybody up. That's brand new teacher and you're feeling great. You had a great break and all that stuff. But like things get real when you go back. Like we're now virtual until the 18th. So things get real when you come back. And some of that that energy you're feeling now wears off. The good thing is we can do things together to help build that energy up and to make it something that's sustainable by giving you actual practical uh, ways in which to thrive for the rest of the year. So we thought we'll do it on a Saturday. It's only an hour and a half. It doesn't cost you anything. You do have to sign up though. And so if you go right to that link, you can sign up for free. You can get your school to sign up, get your PLC to sign up, get your principal to have people sign up. And we're going to walk you through ways to help you really thrive at this part of the year. So that that's our, that's our goal. Um, and yeah, thanks to HMH for for putting this on because it means that it doesn't cost anybody anything. Um, and so yeah, that's the deal. I'm gonna
0: start with some questions. I'm to start
1: with some questions, girl. I'm feeling yeah. good. Let's go. All
0: right, fired up. Lara, our good friend Laura is asking or saying, Hey, Reynolds, hope you are on the mend and that you were able to relax and find inner peace over vacation. What goals have you set for yourself, personal and teaching, in 2020?
1: Let me tell you something, Laura. You must know me a little bit i love goals i love goals so much that i literally do a couple of things every year where i look through all of my lists which are now more digital than they used to be here are all the things that i wanted to do last year where did i hit where did i miss where can i fix where can i just get rid of stuff because some goals are just like not interesting to me anymore um i look through my whole camera roll on my phone and just feel like go through like a process of like being grateful for all of the things that have come this year a lot of people had a really difficult 2021 and in a lot of ways our 2021 was difficult too but I you know and really sitting with the year overall I mean it has just been blessing after blessing after blessing it's just been really incredible so that's one of my processes that I have where I just kind of like really sit with what I want to do this year, look back at what it was what I'm so grateful for from last year um, to get myself ready for the new year. So for this year, you know, I, I was able to find some peace over break. Um, I got, I had COVID uh, for, and I was locked in my bedroom for like a week. Dude, I don't sit still for very long ever. Um, and so I was locked in my room for a week, right? About a week. And, uh, sorry, I didn't realize you were going to put food in your mouth as soon as I asked that, but, um, and and I just could watch TV. That's all I did is just watch TV. And so that was really rejuvenating to me. Like I did do that level of nothing. Um, and although I felt like crap, it was like, no, I don't have to do anything. And it's like the perfect excuse to not do anything. The perfect reason to not do anything. So Coming out of that, you know, some things I'm thinking about for this year is there's some financial stuff I want to handle and some plans I want to make financially and really have like, without going into it too much, um, like have my finances like unlock, like have a plan, have a really clear understanding of where my money is going and what I wanted to go towards and what we want to build and what we want to save and what we want to, how we want to bless people, like have a really firm understanding of that going into this next year um i think that having we've decided to do a date night every friday so every friday without fail friday always feels like extra credit right like how you spend your saturday and sunday uh you can beat yourself up about that but you never i never beat myself up about how i spend my friday night it just feels like extra credit to me so every friday night we're going to do a date night or a night with uh, a date with friends and so that's something that we're going to implement this year that I think is going to really pour into us uh, as a couple. And then I think is going to be able to help us be better versions of ourselves. Um, I'm starting therapy this year. I've been to therapy before, but it's been a minute. And so I it, it just took a really long time to find someone. So that's something that I'm really looking into this year. And there's a couple other things I can get to in a second. But the theme for this year, right? Like our theme, our, our like family theme this year is joy. I want to feel, I want to, to push towards an immense feeling of joy. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot that happens in school. There's a lot that happens in in life. That's really difficult. But, uh, I think that when you, are living out of this place of joy, it makes everything else easier to deal with, which is why I'm always saying like, I'd rather go into school feeling on an 11 personally with a lesson plan that looks like a six than have the vice versa, because you can make anything great. If you're on an 11, you can handle problems. Kids don't bother you as much angry parent emails. You feel like you can handle them. Like someone's snarky comment just kind of rolls right off. Uh, your shoulders, because you're just like, you're You're in, you're living in the joy, you're living in the magic and the energy. And so that's, it's what can we do this year to cultivate, actually design a plan that's going to bring more joy to our family. And so that's what a lot of these things are. So um I'm also, my other three weird things are to do more um self-care things. Like I've been doing floats a lot this year and sensory deprivation tanks Recently, um, massages, uh, those things where they put me in that ice in that freeze my ass off chamber. Um, so things like that, that are self-care. I'm also going to run two triathlons and then I'm going to, which I have no business doing. So I don't want anyone to hear that and be like, Oh, Reynolds, he's so fit. No, I don't, I have no business running a triathlon, (laughs) but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to learn to play one song on the piano. And then I'm going to play it in public at a piano that looks lonely. That's a whole nother story
0: oh i haven't heard that one yet all right you're you gonna ready? come yeah give me my
1: you can what if you laid on the top of it and no, sang a song on,
0: get the hell out of here now you just made me curse <laughs> okay our next question comes from into the past with miss b mm. uh first year ap and world history teacher with a family and a side hustle how do you make sure you get your lesson plans, grading, prep done inside school hours. All
1: right. So first of all, can we just note that that is a great name for a history teacher? Because <laughs> um, it sounds like you're going on an adventure. I, I have to be very organized with my time. I live and die by the calendar. Uh, everything that I do in school, nothing is, even if it's goofing around, I do goofing around and silliness with a very clear understanding of what is going what what I'm not doing so that I can enjoy that right so uh so I say no to a lot of things so that's the first thing is that what I'm going to put on my calendar has to be something that's important to me um Derek Sivers has a, a a quote where he says when someone asks me to do something if my initial reaction isn't hell yeah then I don't do it so my, either, my answer is either hell yes or no. That's how I run my life. And that's how I run school. So I used to do all kinds of extra stuff just because I felt like I should do it or someone needed help or it was you know, it would look good or whatever. I don't say yes to anything anymore unless it's a hell yeah. Um, so cutting out all that extra stuff leaves you with a lot of time. I also spend a lot of time by myself. So in, in watching on YouTube, you might think that I'm just constantly banging with kids and talking to people and hanging out in school. I'm not, I find quiet, uh, somewhat dark locations in my school to just sit there. I've scared many people in my school. Cause I'll be sitting like in a corner in an unused office in the dark because no one thinks that you're in there and I just get work done. And so it's like, and then I have like Monday at 8am when I walk in the school, they're around seven 30. Um, I organize my stuff, I wipe things down in my classroom, then I grab what I need that I'm gonna work on and then I go up to the college office and I hide in this little uh, dark place. I plan out my what I'm gonna put my things together for the week. Um, I've actually been doing that on Sunday too. I've actually been sitting on Sundays and putting together just my PowerPoint for the week. And that really, like I don't usually work on the weekends but um, that 45 minutes makes me feel so much clearer on Monday morning that I can go in and then execute those things uh, on Monday morning, Tuesday at eight o'clock, I grade stuff. Wednesday, uh, I work on lesson plans for the following week with my co-teacher. So it's like every single thing is planned out to a T it's all on my Google calendar. And when you build in that sort of rhythm, then, cause I like, I like this at my friend, Alex Kajitani says, his family doesn't run on routine. It runs on rhythms. And I like that because there's room for movement there, but largely it's that rhythm that gets me through and then clears up the space. And then I typically have every eighth period off. I have a prep that period and I just use it mostly to just meet up with friends at school and to be silly and to do fun stuff. So yeah, that's that's part of how I, I get that done. All right, our next
0: question. Comes from Alyssa. I just obtained my career switcher license. I was planning on looking for my first teaching job this summer, but found out recently I'm pregnant with my first child. I'm worried about having, oh, I did not prepare. I didn't know it was a two-parter. Didn't
1: prepare? Oh. Diapers. In I'm worried
0: third. about having right. a new baby in June and starting a new career in July, especially with everything that's going on. Any advice on waiting it out versus going for it?
1: So I'll do my best male uh, version of answering this question. What I the reason I say that is that I, I just don't like I'm I'm at an interesting place in my life where like I just realized that I just can't understand certain things. I'm just like I'm not going to get it right. And so I think like parenting was interesting when we started, but you stayed home with our kids and I went to work. And so I know what that what that partnership looked like. Um. For me, I think it's about this, Alyssa. I think people that have parents that teach are let into the secret that school's not the most important thing and it shouldn't be the most important thing. Your family should be the most important thing. So for us, even in our lives, my hierarchy is God. It is then my relationship with myself, then my relationship with my wife, then my relationship with my kids then my relationship with, with friends and school and all that other stuff. That is like literally my hierarchy. And the reason for that is that I, if, if my connection for me, if my connection with God isn't strong, isn't something that that is, uh, is strong in any given moment, then everything else falls by the wayside. If my relationship with myself, I'm not pouring into myself, loving myself, caring for myself then I can't, how can I give to my wife? My wife lives off of the overflow of my love for myself and then my kids live off the overflow of the love that I have for my wife. So I think that it's, um, it's really remembering that it's home first, it's baby first, it's marriage first. I think that that is, it's like a permission sometimes that teachers need to know that they can love themselves and love their family. Um, I think that it, if you were to do it, my, my plan would be similar to the last question. It is, it, it is, being present where your feet are it's being where your feet are right so it's when you're at school you're at school as much as possible you you know I, I, I really I miss my kids dearly especially after like a winter break and then I go back to school like on a Monday I like really miss my kids and so um, my wife I can like call in the middle of the day and stuff but like it's it's more difficult with kids and I know we're gonna hang out at night and then they're just gonna go on video games at night or something like that um, I think it's being really clear about your time I think that it is it is borrowing ideas, lesson plans, stuff um, as much as you possibly can, and not recreating the wheel. And then uh, just, you know, it's it's hard. I'd say the hardest thing really is the sleep factor. It's really hard to be a good teacher with, on a lack of sleep. Um, and I remember like, man, when our kids would wake up in the middle of the night, and then I, like, Mike, I will say that I had students that were very empathetic to that. And I'd be like, Yo, we're not even playing today. Like Brody was up at three o'clock in the morning, didn't go back to sleep. They're like, oh, yo, my bad, Reynolds. My bad. I, I got you. And then it was like, all right. I don't know how that works, but um, those are some things I'd keep in mind. I, I have fr- and make friends too. Like, make friends that are going to be able to help you through this time, um, and help to to ease the burden. Like, don't try and be super mom and super teacher. Like, do a good job. And I think that that's, I think that's okay. I think that that's like, you know, maybe get some Hello Fresh instead of making dinner from scratch every night or something like, or, you yeah, know. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I think you can do both. I think there's pros and cons to both of them. Yeah. Um, but I do, I would just reiterate as a mom, those moments are, they go by fast and they don't last forever. You don't yeah. get them again. Yeah. So, take that into account. I know that there's obviously always financial things to take into account too. Um, but
1: But that's a good point though. Like that, that time with your little one goes quickly. I think the other flip side of that though, is also, um, when when I say like be where your feet are, it's really,
0: right. So it's
1: really being there in the moment. When you are with your little one, when you are with your husband, when you stuck are
0: on a phone and multitasking yeah. and all those, you're and it's, just that stuff easily pulling that in to everybody,
1: to you all know. of us. Because um, people will say that, like, oh, you're you work too much, or you're not home enough. But it's like, but when you are home, what does that quality of time look right. like with your kids? Because you can be home, age. but your kids are playing video games. You know what I mean? Or they're outside playing or they're not engaged with you. Right. What does that actual engagement time look like? How deep is that connection? That's always been, I think, important to us.
0: Right. I think that's especially important when you do a lot of things. And yeah. So if you're a new mom and you're a new teacher, it's like you really have to just and teaching, I think, can just eat you up in general. Like people allow it to.
1: It. They allow it oh, right. to, right? It doesn't have to, but it's learning how to say no to things. But that's and hard. to be honest, having a baby is the best damn excuse in the world for saying no to anybody about anything. Like if you don't want to go to the in-laws anymore on Christmas, it's just like, hey, you know, the baby's teething. Oh, yeah. It's like the perfect excuse out of damn near <laughs> everything in your life. Okay,
0: let's move on to the next question.
1: Babies are great excuses. That's <laughs> that's, what we, that's our takeaway. Miss
0: Gonzalez is asking, first Hi, of buddy. all, happy new year second what suggestions do you have for getting back in the swing of things this year with the kids we will not be virtual
1: Uh, so you know I think I think that it's just where I'm sitting with things right now is that look school is just always hard it's just always it like it's like being a parent it's just like having a good marriage it's just like having six pack abs right which you don't have and i don't know that i ever did but i have i've had two in there one time um it's it's hard work but when we can find joy then i think that it makes everything else easier to do and it makes it more it makes it more enjoyable right like duh so uh, and that was a duh to me but like how do we get back into the swing of things? How can we enjoy what we're doing, right? So like, it's really, I think, looking at the things that drain us, that that drain our energy and looking at the things that give us energy. And sometimes out of obligation, we do the things that drain our energy more. And I think it's about trying to up the giving energy piece right? So like what gives you energy? Like I love speaking with my students, just hanging out with my students, just talking with my kids, like gives me life. Um, I love talking to my friends at school that are fun. I don't like talking to people that are a drag. Everybody goes through stuff. I'm talking about people that are perpetual drag forever. For me, it's like going back in the school and thinking like, what do I wish a teacher had done on the first day back from winter break when I was younger? Do I wanna just launch into a new lesson and be told that we're gonna have a test on Friday? And it's like, oh, oh, that doesn't sound fun. Or do I accept the fact that like, not everybody had a great winter break. nobody, Not everyone got something for Christmas. Not everybody got something they wanted for Christmas. Some people's families were split up and this was the first time taking other people's hurt into consideration and then going into the new year with a heart that is open to the fact that like not everyone had a great winter break. Um, But how can we make this place a place of safety, a place of peace, a place of joy, just by virtue of you being here, just happy to see you. So I think the first thing to move into is like, how are we creating that space in our classrooms? Um, And one of those things is like, look, how can I just show up and like, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Like we, here we are in 2022, we get to be together. We're going to finish this year out strong. We're in the second half of it. Um, and I don't care how anybody else came back. I came back excited. I'm just choosing excitement. So it turns out that like you can be excited just by deciding to be excited. And so you just make that mental shift. You can have more energy just by pretending that you're energetic. You will get more energy from it. I promise. So I think that It's getting excited because then you start looking at things as opportunities. Then you start looking at tasks as things that like, oh, how can we get this done? How can we do this? How can we do this? And I just think that that's a really fun thing to do. So, and there's a lot of ways to do that. I think being mindful of how your room smells, what the music looks like, what the lights look like, um, how are you interacting with kids as they're coming in? Are you scurrying around and trying to finish things up and "Ah, everything's all crazy? Or are you like just making kids a focus and, and having fun.
0: So is that your answer to She said that's what she's uh, most concerned about is the kids who had a off Christmas.
1: And that's the best thing happened. to come back to is a hug. And oh, I'm, I'm getting real into hugs this year. I've been away from hugs because of COVID. I'm getting back into hugs because I don't think you get... Hu- I don't, I, I, You're not brave
0: because you had COVID. I, I had saying. COVID. <laughs> I'm going to get the booster.
1: And now I'm just feeling like... Um. No, I just thought that the other... Like I hugged the kid at school the other day They're and important. it had been so long since I hugged anyone. And he had a he had really bad news. He had uh, like his brother was in a really terrible car accident and he's going to be all right, by the way. But like um, to just give like a good hug. um, Yeah, I don't come from huggers, man. You know, my people are not the huggers. We're like handshaking, maybe like a pat on the back situation. I want to get good at hugging. All
0: right. That's that's my new New
1: Year's resolution. I just made it up right now.
0: It's a good one. Uh Dale classroom is checking in with us and he's asking I'm struggling with students cursing in class. How do you go about the issue if explaining why it's inappropriate doesn't work? What kind of consequences if any do you use?
1: Um so this is a huge problem in my class. I typically look this is one of those you have to be sensitive. I'm not sure what your school's like. I'm not sure what your population is like what the rules are like. I a lot of times say things back to kids. So if someone says like Yo, we have an F in test, I'll be like, hey, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to say, and I say the word, like, um, hey, we're not allowed to say the F word in class, like, and I say it, um, but I don't wanna get demonetized, so I won't say it here. Uh, and they're, they're always just like, what? I go, yeah, I was gonna make a poster and like put it on the wall, but it was like, weird. Like, I didn't feel like I should have to say that. Um, if a kid says a phrase, I do the same thing back, but I say it like it's the most square thing ever hey, I'm sorry guys, you're not allowed to say that someone can do this to you or you, you, they're gonna do this to your mom or say this word. And it always catches kids off where they're just like, you can't say that. I'm like, oh, it's just repeating what you said. I just, w- I didn't want it to get lost in the sauce here. I wanted to be very clear about the words we're not allowed to say. And we could put them on the wall, but again, it's weird. And then your parents come in. Another thing I do is say, hey, listen, we're not allowed to do that. Here's why. We had this conversation already. Let me just let you know that the next step has to be a phone call home, right? And so what that phone call is going to look like, it's going to be weird, man. Hey, we were in class and your son or daughter said this and I asked them not to say, and i we had a whole talk about why not to say, but they just continue to do it. I was hoping you could have a conversation with them. Like, what does that look like when mom had to get that embarrassing phone call? Because you said this absurd or, or rude thing. And I think letting them know um, which by the way, side note, ADD brain, uh, no one does this for phones anymore. All my students do this, they bro. Do? What the shit is this? <gasps> what is this? <laughs> so this funny. looks like you're about to get like smacked in the it, face.
0: Was that in a movie or like something that they referenced? It was hilarious. Was I it? I remember. Maybe. Cause they all do like, like,
1: cause I'll be like this. That's I'll be like, hilarious. if I have to call your mom and then I'm like, wait a minute no one knows no one knows what this is is are you using a banana reynolds what do you have a flip phone what happened to that thing it flip. so i'm gonna call your mom i'm gonna put my ear airpod in um hello uh so it's i sometimes it's that like me saying if i have to call home here's what that phone call is going to sound like and then saying what you would say on the phone call that sometimes alleviates it also because nobody wants that phone call home what you got dude
0: all right our next question is coming from troll is life hey reynolds i'm a first year sped ed economics teacher i love my coworkers and my students but my admin team is very hands-off and inexperienced in my district as a whole any advice
1: man it's i'm living that life right now uh so it is it's difficult when you don't have the backup so i think you need to create the backup then um you can't look for the help otherwise. And and I think we forget sometimes how much power we have to be leaders. I think all teachers are leaders. And I think, you know, what John Maxwell would say about leaders is that leadership, all leadership is, is influence. So you are creating influence. So you can do that with teachers that are in your building. You can help students circle around one another and support one another. You can, and I've had classes like that where I felt like, leadership was completely off the rail. So it's like, we're just going to live in this little insular bubble. We're going to call room one Oh six. And like, this is, this is the jam. This is what we do every day. Um, and we, we create this world in here, like, it's Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. And so you can do that with students rallying around one another, or around a cause, or around a class and, and letting them know, like, this is, we're going to make something special here. That's unlike any other class in the school and kids will buy into that. If, if you really, if you really push that, uh, getting teachers in your school, even if it's a very small few. So I have a handful of people that I really, really get down with on any given year. And um, and it's about trying to figure out ways to make school awesome. And like sharing stories and laughing and, and spending time together. It's creating that environment too with those folks. And then when that doesn't work, look, one of the things that's really, really put on my plate um, even in the last couple of weeks is that, uh, how many people are out there that I only know virtually, right? So like, um, the, the people that my wife and I have gotten to know through this virtual experience, people I've never actually met in my life and how good of friends they have been to us. Um, or other people that I just see, like I've seen folks, like like I've interacted with people like real quick. And I'm like, why well, are they friends with that person? Like they're awesome. And, and so it's, it's looking, maybe it's in our Facebook group. Maybe it's in um, other Facebook groups that you're in. Maybe it's in, you know, wherever that is, but it's finding those people. You know, uh, Jim Rohn says, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so finding the people to spend time with I think that we can, we can't look, I'll I'll say this as a kid that grew up without a dad from the age of four, right? So I had a stepfather, but that was a tricky situation. Um, My dad died when I was four. I could never replace my dad, but I was always looking for that fatherly energy from anywhere that I could get it. So if I had a friend whose dad was awesome, I would like ask a lot of questions or it really helped. Like I loved when they affirmed me, I would like had certain uncles or cousins that like I would just look for that energy from. And the idea here is maybe we can't create a new admin, but where can we get that energy from? Where can we get that advice from? Where can we get that that support from? And we create that world ourselves. I think you'd be really surprised at the amount of power that you have to be able to do something like that. And I think we forget that sometimes. What you got, buddy?
0: Oh, me, I'm next.
1: It's, you're, you're up. Uh,
0: yeah, all right. Our next question comes from John Fox. As a white teacher who primarily teaches black and brown students, what are some of the most important things you've learned over the years about how to best relate really and to serve them? That
1: is such a great, great We could have
0: question. one whole episode just on
1: that. One, I've even changed my language, John, around this idea of service. Um, and into like being, and, and, and sometimes, look, I know some people get tricked up because a lot of talk around, around race seems trite it seems like semantics but I think that there's some value I think look one, one of the things even in entering into this conversation I've learned is to listen more than I talk and to ask questions and to be curious so if someone says like well why don't you say service that's so dumb like it's like well maybe um but why do you think that that's dumb I'm curious like why you would say that so it's like me entering into things with curiosity all the time and real curiosity, not like passive aggressive curiosity, which is something that I like, I lean towards oftentimes. Um, it is being in community with people and trying to be a part of the community and create, like be be an active loving participant in this community at, in which I work, not just the school, but being a part of the community. I think that's one of the things. The other thing is that communal piece again, it is beyond my classroom, beyond my school. So it's really having a sense of like, where are my students coming from? What, you know, I, I, I say that if you're going to teach in West Philadelphia, um, I think one of the best, two of the best places that you can really get to know students is by going to a barbershop and going to a church. Like, I think these are real like activities that people should engage in. Um, it's going to give you a real sense of like, What are folks talking about? How do they communicate with one another? Um, What's important? Where do you find place value? And what you're really doing is you're you're doing this this work that is going to inform your practice in the classroom. It's going to inform how you teach, how you talk to people. And, And you don't necessarily like going to the barbershop and then emulating that in your classroom, but it is giving you a deeper sense of the people in which you are working with instead of having an idea of what you think that is. Because I think a lot of, Teachers that teach inner city, especially, or teach somewhere that's like Title One, or or um, it's a particularly difficult neighborhood, like there, like our neighborhood I teach in is is very violent, especially recently. Um, folks like helicopter in, and then they helicopter out, and so I think it's about really having a sense of the of where you're like that particular neighborhood. Now I say that you know, on purpose because, like, I teach all black and brown students. In West Philadelphia, if I taught all black and brown students in Missouri, that's going to be a way different thing. I can't just think like black and brown is black and brown. It is where you teach is going to be much, much different than anywhere else. Now, there are some shared, uh, some like common things that are going to come up. But like for the most part, uh, I think that people like if I taught in New Orleans, it's going to be much different than if I taught at at a school that looked the same in Vancouver. Right. So, and then I think it is, it is to the best of your ability to really know that like it's really looking at stereotypes. Like I can't tell you how many times people have come into my school to do a practice lesson and they've taught it through hip hop. It's like not all black kids like hip hop. Um, And like as a matter of fact, if there was a common theme right now, I'd say anime is the thing that is happening in my school that really is bringing kids together and really like it, it, it's it, yeah. Cause yeah, Cause there was a whole conversation in class the other day about who's better, Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Katy Perry, or Adele on a number of different facets. This is all my boys from Westfield. This is what they're talking. About. Yo Reynolds, come back here. Yo, real quick. Um, This is how, this is how Jennings sounds. Like he's always like, yo Reynolds, yo, come here real quick. Um, Yo, hit, based on just the hits rihanna or Katy perry um th- th- and it was like it was like what, are we really having this conversation yeah but like if you come in with the stereotype then you're not going to think that you're going to think all your all your black and brown kids do all the things black and brown kids do and i read a book and i saw a movie and i watched you know uh i watched Shia compton and now i think i know everything that's going on it's knowing that the folks that you're teaching are individuals that they come from all different backgrounds they are sharing There, there are things that they love. There are things that they're afraid of. There are things that they aspire to that are different for every single kid. And so it's about digging deep and getting to know students, building those relationships. That's going to be the thing that is going to inform your practice and make you a better teacher, uh, more than I think anything else.
0: Um, our next question, when I can find it's coming from Zoe. Cool. Uh,
1: Take your time, wife.
0: Oh, Noelle asks, how do you select your therapist? I find the right person for you is so important. I want to start again.
1: I think that uh, Noelle Morris is asking that. Uh Oh, Um, so what's up buddy? I, for me, finding the right therapist is about one, not being afraid to say no to someone. So it's like going on a date. Like I know in the first five minutes if this is going to work out or not. like I once went to a therapist's office and I was trying it out. And this can be so aggravating too, right? Because you just want to find someone. I went to an office and the, the waiting room was a mess. There were hundreds of magazines on this table. All of the furniture was old and beat up and gross looking. It wasn't just like, I just don't, I don't need it needed to be bougie, but it was like kind of, it was gnarly looking in there. And then I went in their office and it was kind of like that. And I was like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't feel like, like you look like your life's not together. I don't want, it'd be like taking teaching advice from someone whose classroom is a hot disaster of mess. And so it's about, I think that intuitive piece, I think is so important. Um, and I think recommendations, I'm not like uh, the way I found a therapist is by going to sub to people that I knew were in therapy and saying, Hey, is this making you a better person? Are you becoming a better version of yourself? And if someone says, yes, my therapist is great. Can I have their number? Like I'm not, instead of like being, cause there was a time when that would have been like really embarrassing to me, but it's like, no, if I'm looking for a plumber, what do you do? You ask for recommendations. You ask a friend, I'm looking for a good therapist. I need plumbing on my soul done, plumbing work. And so like, I just ask somebody <laughs> and I went to someone that I really love, I really admire that I think is really trying to do really good work um, on themselves and in the world. And sure enough, you know, it turns out, look, I think that this is interesting to me. And this is something that I'm 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 really thinking about a lot lately. If things are working for other people, I should just and they're making them happy. Maybe I should look into those things, right? It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, what do you do that makes you happy? And then if they say it, it's like, I'll just give that a shot because I'm trying to be happy. So yeah. So that's how I found my my current therapist. And I knew it in five minutes. I knew that like the way they ask questions, the the way that they were on time. Um, and then their follow. they said like, they asked me a few things and then their follow up of like, hey, here, here's how I'm gonna roll this is like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I know I need. And so that's how I'm gonna do it.
0: All right, our next question comes from Zoe um, asking, I got accepted into a training program to help me become head of the department. What is the best thing a head of department can offer? Oh
1: my gosh. Um, it's all about leadership and it's all about your influence. And I think that when we lead people, um, it is, I, I think it's about figuring out how certain people need to be led. So like, just like in your classroom, right? Not every kid gets the same kind of affirmation, gets the same kind of discipline, gets the same kind of, of help on something. Some kids I go, here's the thing we're doing. you good. Cool. Bet go do it you, okay, we need to work together. Like, I'm going to sit with you and we're going to walk through this. Some people need to be, and I'm not saying to do this with adults, but like uh some folks can see that they didn't do a particularly good job and you need them to step it up and you'd be like, bro, the last time, eh, you know what I mean? Like, can we can we up that game a little bit? And they're like, I got you Reynolds, no problem. Other kids, it's like, we need to sit, sit down and have what my friend Sarah calls a heavy, deep and real, which is like, we're going to have the most real conversation ever because I know you are capable of more than this. And I, and I see something that's going on. It's, it's working through that. I think, um, thinking about things like, and I I won't go on real long about this, but like, um, always entering into, even if someone did something you didn't like, you didn't think that they're pulling, you don't think they're pulling their weight. You don't think they're doing a good enough job entering into those conversations with curiosity rather than like, then anger or just like, You're going to, I'm going to bring it down. I'm not going right to the heavy, deep, and real. The heavy, deep, and real even starts with, here's what I'm noticing. And I'm just wondering what's going on. Because everybody's fighting a battle that we know nothing about. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to talk with students or with employees, even their own company, where like, stuff is just, it's hard, man. They're going through something that's really hard and it's affecting their work. And so it's about figuring out that particular conversation and helping people to, to navigate that, I think shows love and I think that building building relationships based on love um, or with love get you to a better place because uh, people want to do good work for you then right You're becoming an inspiring leader that people want to do good work on. And the last thing I would say is John Maxwell has this idea of uh, you can of the lid, right you can only be as good your team can only be as good as you are. So you need to be the best version of yourself. You need to constantly be growing and changing and developing and becoming the most optimized version of yourself so that, because you are the lid, you can only go that high. So the more you raise the the that mark, the stronger your team is gonna get.
0: Um, I feel like this would be a good one to talk to, although well, no, it's not really a question. Sure. Um, she said, hello, I'm having a hard time getting my head in the game. My dad just died. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's do it. Heather, um, I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, You know, I've lost both my parents, lost my father-in-law a couple of years ago, suddenly. uh, Both my parents were like a long, horrific, drawn-out process. My father-in-law was just like a, woke up one morning, had a heart attack, and gone. I think there is nothing that makes that you, you can't hurry that process. It is a process. It's a, it's a painful process. I think that there's a lot of love and growth and, and beauty that comes out of it too. Like if we put the work in, but it's really putting the work in, um, and there's no fast track. The only, the, the, the shortcut is the work. And so what that is, is going through the grief, the pain, the sadness, it's looking at all the pictures, watching the videos. Um, and then for me, it's giving yourself time and space to do that over and over and over and over again. We used to, we we started, I mean, it became something that was funny uh, after my mom died. You remember like, we got so tired of crying because your eyes start hurting. Here's a life skill, everyone. <laughs> I'm about the you shit, you already know what I'm about to say. Here's how. Here's how you handle this situation. When you're tired of crying because it makes your eyes hurt, and you're and and just the thought of touching it with the tissue hurts, you go like this, right? If you, I'm telling you, I'm literally showing <laughs> I cannot even believe you're doing this.
0: Right you now. do
1: this. My brother figured out. Uh, my brother has all these weird things he figures out the tears don't actually touch the bottom. They, I guess they just like go down into your face uh, because they don't bounce off the bottom eyelid and then go down your cheeks. So the net, look, my whole family, like when someone dies, we're just like this. Oh my God, I'm so tired of crying. We'll all be standing there at, like in public we're sitting
0: you know? around the table no. and people just start no shaming
1: our game. You don't care. Everyone just does it. Oh my God. Oh, and it makes you like, you still cry, but I don't know. just, goes in your mouth i don't really know what happened i don't know where they go you know a lot more
0: saliva. yeah
1: but it is allowing yourself to do that it's not apologizing for it um and it's like don't let your friends hurry you up either because there's this thing that happens after someone dies where like all the food and all the love and all the cards show up a week later it's crickets and no one knows how to even be around you anymore um and it's not feeling bad for that one friggin' bit you feel sad for as long as you need to feel sad for for me, I used I'm to still
0: sad. And my dad died two years. Took me three, 10 years. years ago, I know
1: 10 years till it was like, and, and not to make anyone feel bad or like, Oh my God, 10 friggin' years. I was also 22.
0: Right, um, yeah. so,
1: you know, and my thirties were very 30 ish. Comment
0: re- Even reading it before, like finding it, it like made me start to even just yeah. tear up because yeah. it's, it's your dad.
1: Yeah. And so it's, I think going through that process and doing that with someone maybe you need to get, get grief counseling maybe you need to go see a therapist maybe you need to um do, do something but you're pouring into yourself and you're letting yourself feel all the feelings and, and there's
0: a couple of videos on our channel that you talk even more yeah, in depth about, about this, how to like, deal like, with loss sad or um, yeah for like, like
1: because look we have to keep showing up and life and life still happens people die you get depressed people have postpartum um, you, you go through a bad relationship, you go through a bad marriage, you go through a divorce, you know, if someone dies like shit is still real stuff really still happens. And so it's not running away from that thing, but actually leaning into it. And I'll tell you this, let, let me end on this on, on just this question or this point. I never. I'm glad that my mom died or glad that my father died or glad that I went through something hard. Never glad like it's it's just sucks. I still, I still am like, I, I am still sad that I don't have parents in my life and haven't had for a very long time. But the, the gift that I was given and it's not a trade off. It's I'm glad I had this. And then I got this thing. The trade off though, is that I think you get a level of empathy that just no one else can give unless you've lost a parent. It's like, so when someone says, hey, my parent died, you will immediately be able to love that person on a level and be helpful on a level that nobody else can because it's gonna freak everybody else out. And so there are gifts that come with this. Now they're not gifts that you, like I said, it's not about like, I'm glad my dad died and now I have this gift. It still sucks, Um, but it's like, only through that level of hurt are you able to, your days are different. The way you raise your kids is different. The way you interact with people that are going through loss or someone that's sick is different. You have, you. it's deeper. It's And, and it's the only way you can get it. Um, so it, it's about looking at that beauty too. And, and that might take a minute until you see that, but it will absolutely happen.
0: All right our next question comes from sarah lee um and i also just want to note i saw earlier she is asking for prayers and thoughts for she is in the community the school district that she works for is in the community with the colorado fires oh Um, and so got it that that's a hardship for for the school and all the people involved there um so her question is i'm sure you have answered this many times before but what qualities do you um, what qualities do you possess that make you sort of great at teaching?
1: I, I will say this, Sarah, one, um, I'm sorry to hear about that. Like we rarely watch the news and that popped up on my radar. Uh, I am. So you, you were in our thoughts and our prayers. Uh, I think like anybody else, I'm going to I'm going to admit this first. My head immediately goes to the things that I'm not good at the things I suck at, the things I like, I'm constantly like people are like Reynolds, seriously, again, could you please answer your email, hand in your lesson plans, uh, show up to things like stop leaving meetings because you get, because you hate them. Um, There's a lot of things I'm not good at. My head goes there, but things that I am good at, um, I think it's making things relatable. It's connecting what my students are really interested in. To what we're learning and being able to say, like, hey, the Odyssey is basically just Harry Potter. Like, it's basically just, um, you know, uh, an anime that my kids are real into right now. So Naruto is one that they're always into. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, There's this other one, um, Lupin. The first, Lupin the third, the first, something like that. I don't know. Uh, But it is digging enough. Not dig. I don't have to go whole hog, right? I don't even, that's a weird expression. I don't even know what the hell that means. You don't have to go like, <laughs> it just, just makes me think of deliverance, which is horrifying. But um, it's, it's not, you don't have to go like full tilt into the world of your students. You don't have to like learn every friggin' song by every artist that they like, but it is digging enough to be able to connect it to what you're doing to make it relatable. I think that's one of them. I think building relationships is absolutely like my thing that I'm the best at, that I feel like I can literally... Go anywhere and build relationships with any kid in any awkward, like the most awkward kids. Um, I just have a, a skill set that I'm not even sure is all learned. I think it's like a gift that that I'm able to do that. And uh, I'm not, you know, it, it's not just about being silly. I think a lot of us are silly. It's being unafraid to look like a jackass in public. Like, one of the things I love saying to my wife, because it's just a good reminder to me. It's just no no shade to my wife. But when you say to me, like, um, but what's someone going to think? Or you can't say it like that way, because you're going well, go to are you gonna think this Nobody way. I you are going
0: to think this way? that. It's like, I have such social anxiety, like, that I deal with. So, for me, when you say that, I'm just like, ah, so I don't care. it just messes with
1: my just brain. <laughs> I, I literally go like this. I don't give a shit. Like, every single time, it's my answer. It's like, I, I don't hate care. I
0: answer, but and, it's probably the best one for but, me to hear. But,
1: But, and, and I don't, but look, you have a million great things about you too. So it's like, um, so take a loss sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But it is really like one of the things I've learned to love about myself is my real, on so many levels, right? I have, it's a shadow side and a a light side. There's a part of me that really loves being loved and really loves being liked. And I don't like when I get nasty comments on YouTube or, or in, or in real life, but there's another part of me that just like, I don't care. Like, I'm just, I'm doing this. I know what my mission is and I'm after it. I think that that, those three things are probably my favorite.
0: All right. Our next question is a two-parter. It's coming from Thomas. He's asking, I have finished my job as a substitute for another music teacher who has been on uh, parental leave. So now I have another job. And the terms to work there are based on teaching um, both language and music, which is my only
1: which I think is. Oh, okay. Which is my only
0: subject. Um, teaching just one subject was not an option. So any tips and advice on dealing with a subject without any experience?
1: Yeah. So this is, that's a tricky one. Um, I've not been in exactly that scenario, but I have been put into like a grade level, right? Like, I mean, look, it's so funny. People think you're so great at English because you're an English teacher, but it's like, I've been teaching ninth grade English for 16 years, right? I haven't taught research papers in a minute. So it's like, if I had to go teach a research writing class, that would be, there's a lot of learning. I think what some of the things I think I would put into play, if I were to do, if I was in your situation is one learning how to learn, right? So like finding best practices to help kids learn how to learn. It's not just subject matter, but it's like retention. It's how are you staying organized? How are you um, so if it's a language, how are you memorizing things? How are you putting them into practice? Um, and so I think that's part of it. Like to me, it seems like learning a language you could just do with Babel now or, or something like that or Rosetta Stone or something like that. But it's, so there's, there's that piece, there's the informational piece, right? Like we're gonna convey this information to students but then I would be thinking about what are we doing with this now, right? So it's all about, to me, if I was going to learn another language, I'm not just thinking about, yeah, I can learn the words, but in what's, what can we create scenarios in class where we're going to like, like, all right, um, we're role-playing or we're creating video content that has something to do with role-playing or we're creating visuals around the room that are going to lock things in. I've been thinking a lot about um, constant errors and mistakes that students make throughout their high school and into their college career, like, like eat little things, right? So like kids don't know how to use a semicolon. No kid in the world knows how to spell definitely. They all screw it up all the time. Uh, they, so like, how can I create things or kids that can't spell beautiful? Um, that's another word that just constantly messed up. What if we worked, what if I got a handful of those things together? This is actually a thing I'm working on right now that are constant mistakes that I see that I'm going to create this activity or this moment or this, project for students that they will never ever ever misspell these words again they'll understand a hundred percent um like the difference between there there and there no matter if you're dyslexic no matter if you have a processing disorder i'm going to ingrain this in your brain in this very specific and special way that you'll never forget it i think it's looking for opportunities like that and i think the other thing is borrowing from other teachers talk to other teachers see what they're teaching see how they're teaching it don't be afraid to take all their stuff and then sprinkle your own magic on top of it. Because I think teachers try to recreate the wheel too much. Like the cake is the cake. Don't figure out a new way to make a cake. Find someone that makes a really good cake and then figure out how you're going dis- to, how are you going to serve it up? What's that tray going to look like? What's the icing going to look like? Are there candles involved? What's the whole atmosphere around the cake? Is your table a hot mess of disaster on in front of you or is it like looked cool and We got the right plates and the light silverware. It's all about how you're serving that up too. It's not just about the content. It's about how you sprinkle a magic on top of that thing. That's some of what I do and and what I would do. And I think that's something that gets you excited too, right? Like you're stoked that this is like, oh, how can we serve this up now? How can we make this an experience? Um, That's what I would practice doing. All our
0: next question comes from Paloma. Uh, Reynolds, where are the mini hands from your Insta? Where are they from?
1: Oh, you mean this yeah, entire thing of from? mini hands over here? uh, uh Amazon. So, in no, any I, of my five below, aren't they? you can get them on Amazon. Five Below has the most weird stuff. They have a Five Below. No,
0: Kohl's. Kohl's during Christmas time has like a lot of such weird a weird stuff. section of like stocking stuffers and like weird gifts. It's like in the men's department. It's the best section. It is where I find most of the That's where the my megaphone
1: stuff. came from too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: the hands-on. So hands. yeah, Kohl's is a good one or Five Below is a really good yeah. store. They have a very small section of very weird stuff. And I just buy it when I see it. And then um, the hands are just endlessly. So for <sighs> those of you that don't know, what I do is I, I don't have sleeves on right now, but I'll put these in my sleeve and then they're hilarious. Uh, you can just hold them like this. You can give tiny mini high fives. You can give kids like, you didn't do that great of a job. So I'm not going to use the hand on a stick to pat you on the back. But you did a pretty good job there, bro. So give you a little bit of love. Uh, you can ask kids if they need a hand. There's, it's endless dumb dad jokes that you can do with these things. Yeah. Uh, sorry,
0: I'm looking for a question. There's lots of chatting going on in here. There is. Um, people,
1: people aren't paying attention. I know you're not listening. Uh, John Lopez is
0: asking, who is that man in the,
1: in the, the fellow in the picture behind you? Oh, you mean this gentleman right here? Someone sent me this, um, uh, a viewer sent, it like, gets things every once in a while. actually, that, this big thing is from a viewer also, uh, it's a piece of artwork, but this is the greatest fictional teacher of all time. Uh, Mr. George Feeney, who was on the show, uh, Boy Meets World. My students have no idea what that show is, and they ask me if this is my dad all the time. (laughs) So sometimes I just tell them yes. And uh, Mr. Feeney is, when my mom passed, I was 21 when she was sick. She died right after my 22nd birthday. Um, And first, I went and lived with my aunt for a while. And my cousins would always watch Boy Meets World. And it was on twice a day after school. And on Fridays, it was on back in the day. It was on three times because on Friday nights, there was a new episode. There was something about that show that I so deeply connected with because it was like a family that got along. It was like people loved one another. The answers to their problems were always answered by the end of the episode. Like, And Mr. Feeney was always at the heart of that. And there was something about that that just made me like... I just, I loved it. I needed that in my life because my life was not that my life was a dumpster fire. And (laughs) to watch that, it was something that like gave me so much hope, joy, and love in my heart that, uh, you know, I, and I think Mr. Feeney is the greatest fictional teacher of all time. I've said that, I guess, somewhere in a video and someone sent me his picture, um, from YouTube.
0: All right. Let's answer another question. Juliet is asking, what do you do about sleeping high school
1: students?
0: Do you ever encounter this uh, in the pandemic world?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of things I do. Um, so you can take this seriously. You can take it in a weird way. And I do things that I don't recommend other teachers do. Um, you have to really know your students. And so uh, but that's a lot. Of, that's everything in teaching, right? Like all the angry comments i've ever gotten on youtube or someone that like doesn't get me or they don't get my that the relationship is already strong with my students they're not rando things i just do to kids i don't know um so i i use water pistols in school and i think water pistols are a great idea i don't get them anymore that look like guns um i get them because that just looks weird but again, it looks like a dolphin. And if you sleep in my class, I'll squirt your leg. Um, and it's funny. And But I know you on a deep level. So I know it's not going to be a problem. Someone's not going to explode or freak out or something like that. Uh, I put tape in kids' hair. Take a piece of scotch tape. You loop it over on itself so it doesn't stick to your fingers anymore. And you glide it into people's hair. Because if you fall asleep in my class, bro, I'm going to put tape in your hair. So that's like silly ways I deal with it. Other times... It's really, it, and that's knowing your kids, right? That's knowing that someone's just being a smart ass and they're falling asleep in your class. Now, if I don't know what's going on with a kid, it's always starts with curiosity. I don't get mad at kids. I don't like slam things on their desk or anything like that. It's getting down next to a kid and going, yo, are you good? Are we good? Like, oh yeah, my bad rounds. I just stayed up playing video games too much last night. Oh, well in that case, if you do it again, I'm gonna shoot you with a water pistol. Um, then, that, then that's, where we go. Other times kids are like, yeah, I just don't feel well, or something's going on in my life, or I don't really want to talk about, it. I'm just upset today. In those cases, I give kids a pass. All right, listen. So here's what's going to happen today. Come step in the hallway with me real quick. Um, Everybody has a day or a couple of days that they just need to pass on, right? And if you feel like you just need to pass today, why don't you just go lay on the couch? Don't even lay on your desk. That's disgusting. Lay on the couch. You have the day off. I'll answer any questions that anyone has. And if someone comes in, and and this is only for my period, I can't give you off from other classes, but like, come back during lunch or whatever. And I just give kids a pass. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes there's something going on and the kids are depressed and you have to really work on that sort of thing. Um, sometimes it's connecting kids with resources outside of the classroom. But it's, it is, I'm not going to let you just do it um, on the front end. Now we do get to a place where, look, bro, you're just not doing work or you just don't care or you don't like school or you're just trying to be like a pain in the butt. Um, there are times when I just let those kids sleep because it, you, you are becoming a black hole of my attention. So I literally just like send an email home. Hey, just so you know, I try to wake your kid up. This is the process that we've gone through. These are the conversations that we've had. This is how I've tried to help. They refuse to stay awake. I just can't spend my time waking someone up in class, right? I'm like a personal trainer. You show up to the gym. I want you to want to work out. I'm gonna try and make it the most dynamic, exciting experience that you want. But if you just want to sit down in the waiting room, I'm not gonna try and win you out. Like I could try, but like after a while, like it's like, bro, when you're ready, let me know. But you're getting zeros for everything. So it's being very clear with parents and with students, like. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's why we're here. Let me try and help you. And if you don't want that help, here are the. Here's what's going to happen next. You're going to get zeros for things they cannot be made up. If you sleep through a test, I'm not going to re give it to you again. So it's like, it's always starting with love. It's then using trying to use humor, and then it's like, all right, this is going to get real now. And then here's what this is going to look like going forward if you keep doing this. To the end.
0: All right, let's hit our last question. Let's um, do it because
1: the Eagles are on there playing I Washington
0: know, by Truck Shepard is asking I just started substitute teaching I've done four days how do I prepare to teach any subject any grade is there a grade level that's easiest to start with any tips for some some who someone who who's brand new to it all
1: so I, I think for me I mean there's a reason I teach ninth grade I've and all of my students always go how come we don't teach older kids because uh, we have really good conversations with some of the older students but like for me it's what grade did I need me in the most? And then who did I need to, who do I wish I had as a teacher when I was a kid? And so I try to embody those two things. So in ninth grade, I didn't speak almost my whole ninth grade year, I had no friends. Uh, I got beat up every single day in my ninth grade year and I felt worthless uh, and invisible. So that was the grade that I needed myself the most in. There were other grades I needed me in, but that was the one I needed the most. So I became a ninth grade teacher. And now I look for those kids and I try and be someone for them. I Um, I try to create opportunities, space, connection with other people. Um, I try and and fill the void that I wish was filled for me when I was a kid. Uh, So I think that's part of it. The other thing is I I don't know that there's easier grades. I think that's just for certain people. Like I, I think at a younger age, I could have taught elementary. I don't think I would... I would would enjoy that now because I think the level of work that goes into that the level there's a different kind of patience that you need for that I think some people are geared towards certain grades better uh and that that's kind of my jam so like I, I feel like I'm in my niche right now um but so I think that that is going to come with an level of intuition. It's you feeling out like where do you feel at home in what classrooms with what types of students with what sort of behaviors, uh, you know, with, with snot and vomit. Like, are you good with that? Because then you can teach kindergarten. If you're not good with snot and vomit, maybe you know middle school is where you should start or something like that. Uh, are are you good with hormones? Because if you're not, then maybe sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, you should just jump right to 10th grade because you're gonna get a different type of student there. Um, and then t- 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 prepare for any subject, any grade. I think it's going, I think it's going in with love. I think love is the answer to to everything in school. It's really showing up with a level of I'm here for I'm making everything about the students. I know that I can only make everything about the students if I put love into myself first. And if I just show up trying to think about how can I make this day better? How can I make every room that I'm in, if I take responsibility, utter extreme responsibility for the energy that I bring into any room, into any situation, it's all on me. It wasn't because of the kids. It wasn't because of my wife. It wasn't because of the drive-in. I take responsibility for me on an extreme level and then realize that I, can affect the energy in any room, in any situation, in any conversation that I walk into, now we're really playing with fire because now you're on the hook and now you realize that you have power. Not all the power. You can't win over everybody. You can't change every school. You can't change every situation. There's like, But you have a lot of times, I think we have more power than we realize. And when we pull from our strengths, um, I think that we are now playing with tools. We're showing up with the thing that we're the best at. And so that's how I would show up and, and, and try and make that situation better because you are a part of it. The end. Um, so, yeah. So look, before we go, right. in, in, in one of the things I, I just, I keep drilling this home because I just think that it's so important on January 22nd, in just a couple of weeks now, we are doing this prioritize the you in us workshop. Uh, I'm doing it with my friends at HMH. It is completely and utterly free. Um, you can go right to the, uh, oh, I don't know what the hell I just did there. You can go right to uh, the link that I'm about to put in the, uh, in the chat here um, and sign up for free. You can tell your friends, your PLC, your school, you know, even if you know college students that are getting ready to go into education. Um, what we're trying to do is help people not just survive the year, but thrive throughout the rest of the year right so it's going to be like this but far more in depth and focusing on how do we help you to be the best version of a teacher this year that you can be so that's it gang this is the first week of 2022 that we're back most of us are going back to school tomorrow we have pd all day tomorrow um which is a nice kind of like toe in the pool before getting kicked off the high dive on tuesday but uh you know my best to you going into the rest of this year. I hope that you look. Breaks not over yet. Go relax for the rest of the day. I'm going to go watch a football game right now. I'm going to eat something. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to put my feet up uh, and not think about school for the rest of the day. Um, that's how I'm, I'm going out uh, with, with this Christmas break that we just got through. So that's oh, it, so gang.
0: Someone said the link doesn't
1: work. Oh shit, um, <laughs> that's a problem. Let me let
0: me get you a new link. Now everybody gets to see you working and thinking. And thinking this
1: different. is me trying to do two things at once. Uh, maybe that one that. The link is also in my Instagram um, under my, in my bio, there's like a link tree in there. And if you just go to Instagram, you can do it. Um, I will, I'm going to, Post the link under this video too. I'm going to go do that now. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. it, gang. Talk to you uh next week on Sunday. Damn, I didn't have my thing ready, and then I try and do this flawless transition like this. Hey, babe. See you next week. Okay,
0: okay. that's weird.
1: This is weird.
0: Still not. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> but it's like when you
1: get to the end, and you just want to be smooth okay. like this. Let me
0: just? Say-